0: player one welcome to the gaming history club my name is gabby
1: hello and i'm jp in today's episode we are going to try something a little different we'll be looking at five games that we think have some of the most realistic representations of cities in games Our research for this episode, we found that there's some people in the gaming community who look at realism to such an in-depth detail that is way beyond anything I would have ever imagined, right? Gabi? Th-
0: that's true, yes. We'll have a link in the description about this, but Galactic Hunter has a really interesting article talking about how realistic the night sky in some of the games are, and it's just amazing how detailed they're looking into this.
1: It would be one of the last things on my mind as a developer creating a real life, I don't know, uh, Birmingham. <laughs> and and then I'm like, oh, right, uh, I would just sprinkle stars here and there, whatever looks pretty. But no, they put the real constellations on there sometimes, right?
0: That's true. Especially games like Microsoft Flight Simulator, with its use of global GPS mapping, the night sky being near perfect. We could really talk about this alone for an hour, to be honest, because... It has real-time rotation of the Earth, every star in Constellation is like true to life, real moon cycling phases, and you know, all those impressive stuff, like if you roll back the time to where they have solar solstice, for example, you will be able to see it in Microsoft Light Simulator. But we decided not to include any simulation game this time around,
1: To keep it simple. To keep it simple.
0: Exactly.
1: Not to make it easy for us. It's just to keep it simple. Or both. Or both.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, JP, what are we going to talk about then this time?
1: Well, just to be clear, we do not want to say that these five games that we're going to talk about are objectively the most accurate cities that have ever been made. You have to keep in mind that Sometimes the developers need to stop accuracy at some point and think about, is this world a fun gameplay experience? At some point, all of these developers, they needed to take a step back from accuracy on purpose. So these are just five games that we've picked. With that in mind, let's take a look at our first game, Marvel Spider-Man from 2018, made by Insomniac Games. What friendly neighborhood can we explore in Spider-Man? Well, of course, Spider-Man is the protector of New York City. In the game, we are free to web-sling New York's most iconic borough, Manhattan. The game combines Manhattan's most iconic landmarks with the Manhattan of the Marvel Universe. So it's blending the real with fiction in a very unique and entertaining way, and it makes it feel very, very special. I mean, I had this experience myself when we played Spider-Man. You're web-slinging through New York. All of a sudden, you see Avengers Tower in front of you. And because it's done such a good job of giving you that spirit of Manhattan when you then see Avengers Towers all of a sudden. It's almost like being in real Manhattan and you can just imagine Avengers Towers could actually be in New York. It's it's such a great way that they've done it.
0: That's true. It makes it very immersive still.
1: Some of Manhattan's major landmarks definitely feel very true to scale, one-to-one. So uh, Times Square definitely feels the size it should be and probably is. Others... Um, Over landmarks, they have been shrunken down, so Central Park for example, that's definitely a little bit smaller than it is in real life, although the positioning of the lakes and little bits and bobs they have around the park, that's actually pretty accurate as well. Some of the buildings were actually made taller in the game, I imagine that is to make it easier and more fun to web-sling around as Spider-Man. The most iconic locations and buildings are all in the game, with some exceptions. The 9-11 memorial, for example, that that's not in the game. And not all neighbourhoods in Manhattan are present in the game as well. And some of them have been merged together with other nearby areas.
0: But as we mentioned before, they've done a really good job with combining the real-life Manhattan and the Marvel version of it. Because we can see so many easter eggs to Marvel's universe, such as the Avengers Tower, like you mentioned before, and Sanctum Centaurum. You also can find Jessica Jones' detective office, which is amazing. You can see how run down the sinus as well, just like how it is in the series. You can also see Embassy of Wakanda. Joe sees the bar where Matt Murdock likes to hang out in, so yeah, no, that's just um, amazing how detailed it is. All in all, the game beautifully captures the spirit of Manhattan though. Um, though noticeably, it feels a little idealized. Some of that classy New York grit is kind of missing, as well as the true number of cars and pedestrians in the city, because New York is not that quiet, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. New York minute.
0: <laughs> That's very true. Principal technical artist David Santiago gave a presentation at the 2019 Game Developers Conference and mentioned some facts about the game we can use to compare how the game stacks up to the real Manhattan.
1: Yeah, so the in-game area of Manhattan is 18 square kilometers, but the real Manhattan is just under 80 square kilometers. So we're looking at about a quarter of the size of real Manhattan. The game features 544 roads and 1202 alleys. In reality, Manhattan has very, very few alleys. They actually just have around a dozen actually. I was very surprised by that fact, looking it up, but take a look yourself, guys. New York has barely any alleys. Whatever you see in TV shows or movies, that was either filmed somewhere else or it's in one of those 12 alleys that was shot at. There are over 8,300 buildings in-game. In reality, Manhattan is estimated to have over 60,000 buildings based on satellite imagery.
0: Yeah, so a little different, but close enough. But wouldn't you agree that it's still looking beautiful anyway?
1: It does look very nice. It looks a little bit too nice, though, for me. I I would have liked to have it be a little bit more gritty, a little bit more dust and newspapers flying around. It always looks like it's very sunny, like very clean. New York isn't that nice and clean, and I love it for not being that nice and clean. I absolutely love New York City. I wouldn't have minded with it being a little bit more dark, some graffiti here and there. Oh, so, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Right, let's move on to our second game. We're talking about Yakuza series. Yakuza is a franchise that started with their first release in 2005. It's an open world game wherein the player assumes control of Kiryu, member of the Yakuza. The player can freely roam around the world fighting enemies with a ton of fun mini-games thrown in as well.
1: Yeah, loads of things. Golf, driving range, darts, baseball... That's true. You can go into the Sega Club and play some of the old-school Sega Arcade classics, like Virtual Fighter. Oh, that's true, yeah. I actually love the UFO Catcher because I'm really good at that. I mean, you could technically say there's a dating sim game in there because you can date your girlfriends.
0: Oh, yeah. Not all Yakuza games, but some definitely.
1: Oh, yeah, just some of them. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's true.
1: (laughs) You can buy... Uh, earrings or necklaces in the game to impress your girlfriend before you go on a date with them. And we basically just bought the same pair of earrings every single time. So every time we're dating like this girl, like four or five dates, we just gift them the same pair of earrings every time. That's true.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's definitely not realistic though, because in real life, if we're going for a date and I keep getting the same necklace for like four, four times in a row, I'm gonna be like, dude, what's up, are you like selling all this or what? There are a handful of locations in the game, but the main series' primary location is Kamurocho. It is actually modeled after the real entertainment and red light district of Kabukicho in Tokyo. Like its real-life counterpart though, there are many retail shops, restaurants, hostess clubs, soplins and nightclubs.
1: Compared to other open world and sandbox games, Camaracha is kind of small, to be honest. It only features around two square miles of gameplay area. It is, however, much more densely packed. So every individual street, every individual shop, corner, building has a very unique identity. There's very little recycling of resources going on. Everything feels really unique, whatever you're looking at. And it gives you a really special sense of realism playing that game actually I think because of that too. It's it's very very nice. It really immerses you in there. Yakuza has received acclaim from critics and the gaming community for its authentic and at times near-identical recreation of Kabukicho's culture and sites. Daniel Robson from Japan Times claimed that Kabukicho is so realistically recreated in Kamurocho that real-life visitors may not need the on-screen map if they are familiar with Kabukicho. A number of fans have been inspired to travel to Kabukicho after experiencing the game. Critics have described the phenomenon of exploring the representation of a real life location within a virtual world as virtual tourism. The area of Kamurocho is redesigned for every new game in the Yakuza series to reflect and represent the year that the game is set in. So when it's modern day from the latest releases, it's going to reflect more what Kabukicho looks like nowadays. Whereas the first game from 2005, yeah, that's going to look way different. It'll be more to what it looked like back then.
0: That's true. And I think that's reflected in the culture of the game as well. When we're seeing like Lost Judgment, for example, they had the fancy smartphone with the fancy drone to control. So yeah, they're always trying to keep up with the trend of the year they're portraying in the game.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Drone races. Do you remember that? Goodness me, that was like oh, really difficult and gave, gave me anxiety playing the drone races. It's
0: very, very fast, that drone race. Very hectic. <laughs> That's true. According to the game's producer, Kikuchi, Kabukicho is within an hour away from Sega's development office. So, team members could make frequent short trips to take videos or photos for each game. He said... While making the first and second games in the series, I went drinking in Kabukicho with Toshihiro Nagoshi, the overall producer of the franchise, two or three nights every week. I basically grew up around Kabukicho because my school was near there. I hung out there a lot as a student. Kikuchi also said that aspects of the conversations involving hostess characters in the Yakuza franchise are lifted directly from his personal interactions with the hostesses during the aforementioned trips.
1: I wonder if the hostesses believed them when they said, hey, we're just here for some video game research, it's strictly business.
0: Oh yeah, this is strictly research. He mentioned in an interview that one thing that was kind of disappointing was that we went to a lot of companies to try and get their brands into the game, like car companies and fashion companies, but because of the nature of the Yakuza game, we were turned down by most of them.
1: Let's talk about game number three, one of my personal favorite games, just in general, not out of these five. L.A. Noire takes place in the late 40s and features eight square miles of L.A. The play takes control of Detective Phelps to solve various cases throughout his career. By the way, can I just say, we do not have enough detective games, do we?
0: No, that's true, we need more.
1: Why is there so few detective games? It's the perfect thing to put in a video game. It has everything you need. You can have conversations, choosing what your character says, guessing if people are lying, finding evidence, car chases, shooting. It provides everything you could possibly ever need from a video game, right?
0: Yeah, I think personally, for preference, we both love problem solving and puzzles in games. So we definitely appreciate those.
1: Over 180,000 photographs of post-war Los Angeles were sourced and scanned, producing a city as accurately recreated as is humanly possible. Production designer Simon Wood explained that We created production Bibles, which are like production design style guides for all the locations in the game. The Bibles have floor plans, material, dressing, graphics and signage, lighting details and any other reference images that are needed to create the locations in the game. We made over 140 of them all together.
0: Director Brendan McNamara in an interview stated, I read every newspaper for that year of the four newspapers. And they were more than just dailies. Some of them would come out three or four times a day. Newspapers were your Twitter for those days. If it was a big story like the Black Dahlia, they'd bring out another issue, a late edition, so you could find out what the latest update in the case was. So Brendan McNamara looked through over more than 1,000 newspapers using microfish. He said some newspaper articles were considered to be adapted into the game, but were deemed too ridiculous. For example, this one. There was one story about a preacher walking down Broadway with a bullwhip whipping non-believers. So he said, we thought that was a great story, but we didn't know how to work it in. To be honest, I wouldn't either.
1: Oh, I would have found a way to work it in somehow. <laughs> Could have just made it some some random thing that happens, you know, as you as you walk past. You oh, know? yeah, in the Rab- background, yeah. Rather than like part of a case or something, no, but whatever.
0: That would be interesting, actually. He also said that there was a guy in Santa Monica who was driving a four-engine plane down the street at midnight. He basically had an accident because he didn't have lights on the plane. If you came up with that in a design meeting, people would throw you
1: out, he said. Noteworthy for this game's location, realism in particular, is the amount of indoor locations one can enter as part of the game too. There are over 140 of them. The building interiors were based on real buildings in Los Angeles. We're also going to link a little bit of bonus material for you guys. Uh, It's called Night in City. It's an article by Chris Donlin, who plays L.A. Noir with his dad who grew up in the city in the late 40s. It's hilarious, witty and super interesting. Let's talk about game number four, one of my favorite franchises of all. Assassin's Creed Unity from 2014, made by Ubisoft. The game is set in 18th century Paris during the French Revolution. The game designers went to great lengths to capture a true feel for what the city will have looked like during that time without compromising the gameplay. They did not aim to have Paris be a true one-to-one scale in the game, but the end result is nonetheless incredibly impressive. World-level design director Nicholas Guerin stated, "'It's a better Paris than the actual Paris for gameplay. We have to build a game playground first, and on top of that, make a cool city that's visually striking and historically accurate as well.' Over the course of three months or so, He says he looked at more than 150 maps of the city, which provided information on the layout of Paris at the time and how it changed over the years. The team used a process called radial scale to change its layout. It's a very simple concept. In the center of the city, it's essentially a one-to-one recreation. But the further out you move from Paris's core, the more spread out things get. Key landmarks are all in the right place, so that it still looks and feels like Paris, but the added space means things won't feel so cramped while you run across the city's rooftops. It's just a matter of adjusting the scale. Many of the Parisian chimneys were removed to allow for the free running that the franchise is known for. They enlisted academic historians to ensure that daily life and speech of the characters in the game reflected that of real life, and upwards of 10,000 NPCs can be featured on screen at a time.
0: Most impressive in terms of location realism is Notre Dame the biggest structure in the game, and actually a near-perfect 3D recreation of its real-life counterpart. Level artist Caroline Muse spent roughly two years modeling the landmark inside and out. She told Verge, I made some other stuff in the game, but 80% of my time was spent on Notre Dame. She worked with texture artists to make sure that each brick was as it should be. Muse knew that all of her work on the Notre Dame was worth it when she finally visited Paris and got to see the building in person for the very first time. After spending countless hours rendering the virtual version, seeing the real thing created a sense of déjà vu. Everything from the basic structure to the tiniest interior details looked the same. When she went inside, she waited until one of the guards wasn't looking and she gave the wall a little kiss. For me, it was a lot like visiting my home. Ubisoft chose to model Notre Dame with its spires atop the cathedral, even though they didn't exist yet at the time the game takes place. This was a conscious decision though, as the spires have become so iconic to the cathedral. In April 2019, almost five years after the game released, a fire broke out in Notre Dame severely damaging the structure. Some believe the game may help in reconstruction of the cathedral thanks to the thorough 3D modeling and mapping that took place for the creation of the game. Ubisoft, being a French developer, donated $500,000 to aid the reconstruction of Notre Dame. They also made the game available to be downloaded free of charge for a week following the fire.
1: The game was downloaded 3 million times. Go on Ubisoft, being real patriotic and I like it, good job on them.
0: By the way, the Assassin's Creed franchise makes great use of Night Sky 2. For example, with Origins, they correctly showing some constellations. And also in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you can actually see the Milky Way. And, it is, and it's really close to the real Milky Way.
1: Does it make you starry-eyed? Oh. Now let's get to the final game we're going to be talking about for this episode. And as far as my research has concluded, this is the most realistic rendition of a city that I could personally find. It's The Division 2, featuring Washington DC, the game being developed by Massive Entertainment and published by Ubisoft. The Division's DC is set several months after a biological weapon attack sent most residents fleeing. The city is overrun with vegetation while special government agents called The Division and lingering civilians try to resist the encroachment of various paramilitary gangs. The developers spent two years creating a one-to-one rendition of the city. Major missions are set in government buildings and memorials, as well as recreations of several notable museums, including Air and Space and the defunct museum. At an event in Berlin, game director Matthias Carlson explains that Ubisoft's teams used GIS data to rebuild the government district of Washington DC almost one-to-one. He said, It's GPS data used by Google Maps, for example. It allows us to know exactly how long and wide streets are in DC, how large every building is, the length of the White House complex with its multiple gates. You can even find pizza parlors and coffee shops at the exact same positions, just with different names on Pennsylvania Avenue. Ubisoft has also gone through a great deal of painstaking research with its advisors, some of whom are ex-military or former government agents from organizations, they won't disclose to us. So many buildings are correct, their sizes are right, the way parks are structured is realistic, and even streets are accurate and wide. Carlson says, we've used all of this GPS data to rebuild an exact footprint of Washington DC. Every park bench, every light pole sits where it is in reality. But as part of our research, we found that it's not even just a geographic realism in this game, that they dedicated a lot of their attention to, to make it really impressively realistic. They've also gone to great lengths in terms of their sound quality. They acquired a studio called Red Storm Entertainment, which was made by a former SAS captain called Doug Littlejohns to improve the sound realism of firing guns. Audio director Simon Kudryavstav explained how they've achieved that. He says that they've used a total of 65 microphones that were located in all locations possible to record gunshots of various different weapons, so all the assault rifles, shotguns, MPs. I think there's over 50 weapons in the game in total. And for each of those, and the specific attachment for each gun as well, the sound will be different depending where in the game you're actually shooting and what you're shooting at. So for example, the marble used in the US Capitol building has a very particular reverberation that other buildings do not. So when you shoot the walls of that particular building in the game, you'll hear a very specific sound.
0: Wow, that's just really detailed and impressive. I mean, they really went great lengths to recreate not only the city, but all of those sounds. I'm not going to be able to do that.
1: Isn't sound just a very underestimated part of video game development? Because we always think about the visual, like how nice and pretty... Does this game look? Does it have ray tracing? But we don't really consider that the game developers do more than just put a microphone next to a gun, shoot the gun once, and then add that in the game. It, there's a whole lot more to it, actually, yeah.
0: That's true. All these faithful renderings were made possible through the designers' extensive research trips, during which they gathered information and geographical data. The result is, of course, one of the most realistic cities ever recreated in the game. Anyone who has even visited Washington DC will immediately recognize everything that D.C. in-game. Right, so we've talked about these five games that we thought to be pretty good in portraying some of these cities in-game, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we try to keep it fair and balanced because all of these games also need good gameplay and the more accurate and realistic you make a city... The more you're just stuck in traffic at the end of the day, right?
0: That's very true. That's probably why no one actually takes Jakarta as one of the cities in game.
1: <laughs> Gridlock the game.
0: I know. <laughs> but we don't want to leave out some of these other great games as well that deserve some honorable mention. First one is True Crime Streets of LA.
1: Fantastic game.
0: The next one is Sleeping Dogs.
1: Also, brilliant, brilliant game.
0: I know. That one literally portrays Hong Kong in really, really good way. In a really, really good way. Some articles even say that they portray the sound of the city really well.
1: Yeah, so I looked into it just a tiny, tiny bit. And I think most people have said that uh, it gets the vibe, the atmosphere, like really, really good. It looks like Hong Kong, but... It's not particularly realistic as such.
0: The next one that deserves honorable mention is The Gateway with its portrayal of London. The next one is one of my favorite, Fallout 4, and how great they are in capturing the post-apocalyptic Boston.
1: <laughs> yes, and the Red Roaches. The Red Roaches. I hope they're not in Boston. Oh
0: my god, yeah, I hope not. Infamous Second Son portraying Seattle and the *Watchdog* series for their portrayal of Chicago, San Francisco, and London.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode, Player One, web-slinging from Manhattan, visiting hostess clubs in Tokyo's Red Light District, solving murders in LA, climbed Notre Dame, and protected the capital in DC.
0: New episodes of Gaming History Club are released every second Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe and follow us on our social media. Say hi to us by visiting our website, gaminghistory.club, And let us know what topics you'd like to hear. Or just share your favorite video game cities.
1: Yeah, let us know what was your favorite portrayal of a real city in a game. Come back in a couple of weeks when we ask the question, who plays games? See you then.